Welcome back to the Cyber Sector 7 Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be going over the art of investigating in OSINT. This is a, a whole episode I dedicated for beginners, if you're just getting into OSINT, some good methods and a good mindset and some good rules of thumb you can go by to make your investigations go really fast. Anybody can just download Buscador OS, I don't even think that's still a thing, or uh, what, what's the new one out now? Uh, Trace Trace Labs, I believe, what it's it's what it's called. But anybody can download that, use the tools, and do whatever. But if you don't have the right mindset going into an OSINT investigation, you're not going to really be able to make that investigation worth your time. I'm going to be giving you some great advice, some great tips that I personally use every day. And remember, this is from my point of view. I'll get that get into that shortly and how I use it. But anything I say, and remember in some of the examples I'm going to give, anything that I do, it's, it's the... The concepts can be put into many different OSINT investigations, you know. So we're, we're going to get into that here shortly, but I just want you guys to remember before we start this episode that take what I say and apply it in different areas, not just in the same areas I apply it in. It's all about your mindset going into things, so just remember that. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's all about the art of investigating in OSINT. I hope that's that's not... That sounds like it would be trademarked, but I hope it's not. I hope it's not copyright, but that's what I'm going to name the episode. So sit back, whatever you're doing. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. I hope you're chilling. You're, you might be at work while listening to this or whatever, but please just listen to the whole thing because at the end, I'm going to give you guys some very, very important tips that I use every day. So at the end, I'm going to be giving you some great things that you can do to make your OSINT investigations really go by much smoother and really go by much easier and 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 sum everything up in a good way and piecing everything together. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Let's get this episode officially started here. I'm going to start this episode off with a bit of a, a warning. I reckon you would call that a warning, or you could call it many things, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. This whole episode is from my point of view on things. So, I'm going to go ahead and give you some of my background, in case you haven't listened to some of my other episodes. This episode is from my point of view. I am a skip tracer. If you don't know what that is, that means I... I look for people for a living, uh, missing persons, fugitives, uh, people that owe a lot of debt, people that are trying to escape from something. It really depends on the client, but you need to know now that this episode is from my point of view, and my point of view may be slightly different than, than what you're going to be doing OSINT in. I use OSINT at work five days out of the week, sometimes six, sometimes seven, and that drives me absolutely nuts because I don't have time to do this. I'm actually recording this really late at night because I haven't had much time due to work and some other complications, but this is from my point of view. I'm a skip tracer. I use OSINT for hunting people. Now, in, in this whole OSINT investigation that you may be conducting in the future, replace people, for me, it'd be people, let's go people equals X, so X can equal, maybe you're looking for an address, uh, maybe you're looking for an email, maybe you're just looking for whoever has been stalking you, or stalking your loved ones, or 
Maybe you are in cybersecurity and you need to do some OSINT to find a certain piece of information. Maybe you're a private investigator and you're looking for dirt on somebody. Um, OSINT is great for that, especially online. And we'll get into some stories on how I've found dirt on people before on accident. But that's going to be towards the middle of the podcast. But right now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm a skip tracer. So what I use OSINT for may not be what you use OSINT for, but it can be used in a lot of different fields, especially in tech and especially in the investigative field. Uh, If you're a private investigator listening to this, which would be awesome, by the way, um, I would highly recommend using OSINT in your investigations. That, That is a really important thing. So before, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and, and give that advice. But just remember, I need to give you a prerequisite and a bit of a pre-warning that these same tips and advice can be applied in other areas of OSIN. It doesn't just have to be applied how I use it. So that needs to be drilled. If you don't know what OSINT is, it is Open Source Intelligence Techniques. I believe is is the proper term for that. I've heard it called a few different things, and I don't I don't know why people have called it different things. But to my knowledge, it stands for open source intelligence techniques. So that's how that's what we're going to use it for. So you can do it in a wide variety of things. But essentially, OSINT is just taking public information that's already out there and bringing it together and using it to investigate and and other things. It's not breaking the law. The information is already out there. The data is already out there. You're just piecing it together to solve something or to find something or to hunt something down. So, without further ado, let's get into part two. Part two is, is important. It is making sure that you're thinking outside of the box. Now, I know what you're going to say. I'm, I'm, I'm using OSINT, obviously. I'm thinking outside the box. Of course I'm thinking outside the box. I've seen lots of people start trying to use OSINT and then hit dead ends straight into their investigation because they're not truly thinking. They're not bringing everything together to a much wider variety of things. So one thing, let's give some examples here. Let's say I'm looking for breach data. I go into the recent Axiom data breach I, I look up an email, I query it or search it in, in one of my bre- data breach sets, for instance, if I had the Axiom data, uh, and I get an address, okay? I get an address with that email, possibly an IP address. I'm not too sure. I can't remember if that breach gives IPs or not, but I know it gives emails and an address. I can't remember what information it gives and a full name. So I've gotten a full name, I've got an address, I've got an email. I've seen people stop just right there and like, okay, well, I have their address and I have their name and I have their email. That's not enough. That's a little bit of OSINT, but that's not enough to conduct a full investigation. One thing you could do, thinking outside the box, is just an example. It's using the same concept here. I could take that email, okay, and then I could cut off the domain. So let's say I'm using Yankee Candle or um, MarbloMarker at gmail.com. I can take off the at gmail.com and then I have what could possibly be a username. And if you follow me on any other platforms, you'll know I've posted a video recently about using usernames and how to get a pretty good username from something. So you could use, let's let's go with the Yankee Candle one again. So I could take the at gmail.com or at yahoo.com. I take that off, at sign and all. 
and then I have that. Then I can search for just that username. I can pull more data. Okay. Or I could take that address. I could search for that address, find other people that have lived at that address. I can find who owns that address. I can open up so many more areas of investigating from just one little set of data. You have to think. It's not about just finding one little piece of data saying, okay, that's got to be it. When you're conducting an OSINT report, in my, in my case, a lot of times I have to have multiple ways to prove one thing. So I, I, as I spoke earlier, I look for people. So when I'm looking for people, I need to prove that they're there with more than just one way. Because if it's just one way, a lot of times the judge or the attorney or the client will think, oh, it's just a hunch. You know, you saw one thing. doesn't really prove much. I have to prove they're there in multiple ways. So using breach data, using tax parcel viewers, uh, using public data. You know, Amazon does share their data. So when you use that address, I wonder who they're selling it to. I wonder how. When I use my address on Amazon, soon later it pops up on white pages and Spokio because they're all sharing that data. You have to think like that. You have to think that all data is being shared. We live in, a, in an age and an era of data brokers. It's very important. So data is being shared all over the internet. You just have to figure out where to look, who's selling it to what, who's selling it to where. That's very important. You have to be able to look into 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 the details of things. One thing I, I wrote here on my notes is attempting to connect the details to make more leads. You can't just go by one lead, find one thing, and that's it. In in my sector or in my job field, we we run reports with various data collection agencies. I'm not going to mention here because I don't know the legalities of mentioning them. But if you're a PI or whatnot, you pro or even uh, an attorney or anything like that you probably know what I'm talking about but there are services out there that collect your data they talk to your cell phone provider they or are in contact with your cell phone provider and they get the data from them they're in contact with your internet services they're in, they have contacts with uh, government agencies like your state governments and your federal agencies and they build these reports that can be pulled on you and I can't tell you everything that's in them, but I can tell you they get IP addresses, phone numbers, lists of emails, and things like that. If you get into this field with the proper licensing, you will have access to those things, but I'm not going to talk about that too much because, I, like I said, I don't know the legalities of that, so I'm not going to mention any names, but one thing I've noticed while pulling these reports, when I first started doing this, I started pulling these reports, and I, I got to thinking, this is stuff I... I could already get access to if I just had a little more time. Makes things easy, but I could find this stuff without, you know, having to pull these these third-party reports. And that's what OSINT is about. It's piecing tons of information together to write your report. That's important too. I'll talk about that towards the end of this episode. But you know, your reports are very important. You need to keep track of everything. Write it down. Get you a notepad. Just write things down. Keep track of it all. That, that's very important. I'll, I'll give you some examples in case maybe that's a little a little vague for you. I'll give you some examples. Recently, this week, while I was at work, I found someone with an image of one fajita. So what I did, they wanted me to find a witness. They couldn't find the witness. The witness has been traveling for quite a while. 
They want me to find this one witness so she can be served papers to go be a witness in court. So what I did was I just friended her on Facebook. I found her, friended her on Facebook. And then using that, I was able to see where all of her check-ins have been. I was able to see the pictures she was posting. I was able to see quite a bit from just friending her on Facebook. Now, a lot of people would just end it there. Okay, well, usually they're not going to give their address away on Facebook. They really do, and you have to be able to search further into that. So I started searching, scouring the Internet all sorts of data broker sites, breach data, uh, a lot of these people search sites. Everybody knocks the people search sites, but most of the free ones are getting their information from web scraping, the paid ones. That's important to know, too. There's a little little pro tip for you. They're searching all of these paid sites and then putting the same data out. If you know which ones are doing which site, you know, for instance, one free people search site may be querying and, and using their access to the data on Spokio. So that's important too. Or true people search or whatever they are now. I can't think of them off the top of my head. I have a whole bookmarks tab on my on my Chrome. Um but but yeah, you, you have to I was I was looking for this one lady and I had managed to get a list of homes that she's registered at. I checked every state. I checked every tax parcel viewer. I I did everything I had to to get just a list of addresses she's lived at. From there, all the addresses I could, I think there was one of them I couldn't, but all the addresses that I I had, I looked up on Zillow and Realtor.com and a few others, and I tried to pull every image of the inside and outside of the house. I wanted to know inside and out what each home looked like. Recently, on, I'm not going to say what date, but this month, she had posted a picture of a fajita. That, And I know that's crazy, but a picture of a fajita and a styrofoam plate on a kitchen counter. And in, on, it had the kitchen counter, and behind it had the wall. And all she said was, this fajita is bombing. And I was like, okay, well, I see that kitchen countertop. I see that wall. Then I was able to, to determine which which homes out of all those Zillow and Realtor searches and, and whatnot like that had those same countertops and those same walls. It was very unique, and there were two options. So I was like, okay, now I have two options. I can cross out all these addresses. I have two options that she could be at. From there, I started checking the comments, seeing if anybody asked where she got the fajita from. I found one string of comments, and she, someone, a, a close relative of hers, had asked her, where did you get that fajita from? I'd like to get some, too. She said, I don't want to give away where I'm at, but you've been to my house before. It's the Mexican restaurant, two blocks up from my house. So then I was able to take that menu item. Kind of crazy here. I looked very fine. I zoomed way in on the details here. And try to come up with all of the different ingredients that I saw in that menu item and then I looked for restaurants that were two blocks up from both homes that would serve a menu item like that lucky me there was only one Mexican restaurant out of both of those homes one home was out in boondock middle of nowhere but at the other home there was an address nearby I found that crazy it was a Mexican restaurant right there just two blocks up within walking distance so I was able to ter- to determine that that's where she lived. We sent people out there. She got the witness papers, and she showed up in court. 
but it was kind of a last minute thing there but that's some how you can use OSINT to find people in, in that sense it's not about just all on paper you really have to put your mind into it you have to think about it really hard here's another another great example I actually did this week using Street View you know a lot of people want to use uh, a Linux version or they want to use this special tool and have all these terminals and it look really cool but sometimes it's the very 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 simple things that can save you the most time and come up with some of the best results I was able to use Street View and several different maps to get some to, to confirm some activity at a home so let's say on Bing Maps and MapQuest and there's tons of others you, you notice there's always usually a date, a rough range when the picture was taken. And if you use Street View on Google, and I think Bing has some Street View, there's a few others, and, and the home I was looking at was right there by the interstate, so I think Bing Street View is going to catch that anyway. But I was able to use Street View through Google, which they had just passed in 2021, and then Bing, which had just passed about a year ago, and then some other maps to locate a vehicle that I knew this defendant had being at this one home multiple times. They were there, sometimes they weren't, they were there, sometimes they weren't, and I was able to determine that that's where the most activity, out of all the addresses I had, that's where the most activity was. So then I pieced together everything, I wrote up my report, I made sure I took snapshots of everything. There's another tip for you. Take snapshots of everything. Everything you do, screenshot, snippet, whatever you have to do, um, just, just take a snapshot, make sure you're documenting it. But I was able to document everything, get some good activity, build a nice timeline of when they've been there and when they haven't, and from there, you are able to simply just piece it all together. You know they're there, you know that address is active, you know they've been there, they've reported there on utilities and things like that, so... I was able to find her there. Uh, another, I'll give you, I'll have two more examples for you, and then I'll give you a bit of a break. But uh, you can, uh, a while ago, I think I even talked about this on my TikTok and Instagram, but I was able to take the domain name of an email that one person was registering in her name, how stupidly, I was able to take that same domain name, do some OSINT on that with some great DNS tools and great domain tools, find out who owned it. I went to that site, and knowing that she she has, it was a very unique domain name, by the way, but knowing that she has an email in that domain name, I was able to find out who owned the site. Turned out to be a relative of hers, and that happened to be a CP ring, and we were able to bust that. You have to look further into things than just looking at it in plain text. Anybody could see an email. They're not going to know what it was. You know, they're just going to see an email. Okay, well, we can try to email them. I've met other skip tracers like that, and even some private investigators, they're not going to search further into it. You really have to just piece everything you can apart and see if you can come up with more leads. So I was able to take that domain name apart, or take that email apart, I mean, go to that domain name, find out she was registering there, and it happened to be an underground CP ring. That's, a, that's a, another great example for you. Another wonderful example for you is there was one person that I started, you know, that I'm a professional cyber stalker, I guess you could call me. So I was looking for this one person, and she wasn't in any kind of trouble. She just needed to, she had to appear in court. 
So they wanted me to find her, and so I did. She was apparently a ghost. She had been couch hopping for years, but she had this one relative that she was very close to as a child. And you could you could see that, and she was relatively young, but she she was in her late twenties. But uh, you could see in this one relative's Facebook posts, because I'm you know trying to piece everything together. I am going to try to stalk some of your relatives in this field if they're going to give any information away. But and by stalk, I'm not creepy. Online stalking, yes, we exist. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but. This one relative had had talked quite a bit about living with her her niece as when they were younger until she grew up and got out of the house and started couch hopping. Well, that that aunt ended up passing away. And so I was like, "Well, I wonder who got the home." So, it didn't say in the recent when I checked in the property search who owned the home. I couldn't find a will or anything like that, but Guess who took up paying taxes for it in the 2021 year? The niece. The niece ends up paying taxes for it in the 2021 year, or 2020 year, whichever one. I can't remember the exact number there. But she ended up paying taxes for it, so then that's going to pop up. It didn't tell me she owned the home. It just told me she was paying taxes for it, which led me to believe she might be back in town. She might be at that address. She passed away. She might have got the home, and they're just going through all the paperwork still, so she just paid the taxes. So that's that's one way that I I was able to piece that together just by getting some family history, finding out what's happening. It's great to know the people you're looking for. Learn them. When you are doing an investigation, learn these people like the back of your hand. You're going to want to know them better than they know them. So that way you can predict what they're going to do next, probably where they're going to go, and where they are. So... Before we we finish off this episode and get into part three, and I I told you I'd give you some great tips and tricks that I personally use every day when I'm working, I am going to take a break, and then we're going to go right into answering some questions. I know I'm not live this time, and I haven't been live next week. I'm going to try again next week. It's just really late tonight. I've had a lot to do, but I am going to just answer some questions that you guys have asked on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and some other things. So... Stay tuned till till the end and listen to the questions because you might hear yourself in these questions. All right, I'm going to try not to answer any of the questions I answered last week, but I'm going right into this and openly answering some things. So somebody asks, it's just a user with a bunch of numbers that I'm not going to say. Can you find anyone without using other people's software or the internet? And the answer is yes and no. Can you fix your car without using a tool that is art, isn't already made? Do you have to go make your own wrench every time? Uh, every time that you try to uh, go open your beer, do you use the hand that you didn't make? that you were just born with. Uh, These are some terrible analogies, but using OSINT is a good mix of using other people's tools and using things you've already made. I think I've mentioned it before, I do some Python coding. By no means am I on the, the level of developer, but I use a little bit of Python coding to automate some tasks. That being said, though, 
just because I'm making my own a few of my own tools doesn't mean I only use my own tools. It means I'm helping myself by making some own tool, my, some of my own tools, but I'm also using some other tools. There are great minds in this field that are coming up with great tools and great ways to do things. Why not use some of the things that they're sharing? I don't see a problem in that. It's not about whose tools you're using or what tools you're using if you're making your own. It's about how you're approaching the situation. So they may, Somebody else may have created a tool to see something from an entirely different point of view that I would have never even thought of, which has happened so many times. Or I may be able to see something from a different point of view. So I write a Python script and then it works. And I'm like, wow, this actually works. I was able to use this API to pull this information. So then I share it with the community and people people enjoy it. It's not about just using your own tools. It's about using tools that everybody has collectively come and collectively pieced together and worked together like a community to build and piecing OSINT together and piecing some information together. But to, to sum it all up, yes and no. It's not about what tools you're using. It's about how you're approaching the situation. Um, let's see. We have another one. Uh, Johnny Atlas 69 asks, how do you know you're being watched? Once you know, how do you know it's a random person versus law enforcement or just a private investigator? I have personally been under investigation, so I can somewhat answer from my own experience and from the experience of some other people I have known to be under investigation as well. If it's, if it's feds and if it's the government, usually you're not going to know. Uh, the, the feds are, are getting a lot smarter than we anticipate them for. You know, they, they know that we're looking for a blacked out vehicle. Uh, I was under, I think I've been, I don't know what kind of investigation I was under. Personally, I know I was under something. I might still be. You might be watching this. But I've heard that once a federal investigation is over, you get a letter in the mail, or once a lot of different types of investigations are over, you'll get a letter notifying you that you were under investigation once it's all said and done. But you can always, if, if, they're, if they're following you, following you around, or you keep noticing this same person, the best thing you can do, and I've done this several times myself, and I don't know if maybe it was a PI or maybe it was a federal agent, I don't know, but I know I addressed the situation for somebody that I kept seeing following me for quite a while. Best thing you can do is just walk right up to them. Say, hey, why are you following me? Are you following me? What's, what's the deal? If they, if they are following you, they just know they got burned. They're going to have to send someone else. If they're not following you, the worst that can happen is they go, no, I'm not following you. We just keep running into each other. Either way, you're probably going to get the same response. You might as well just go ahead and, and burn it completely. Uh, I pulled out of my driveway once. And as I pulled out, I was headed to the store to get some groceries for me and my wife. This car got behind me. It was a blacked out Impala. It was, well, not, all the windows were very, very tinted. And it, it was a tan Impala. It just gets behind me. And at that point, I'm like, well, that's kind of strange. So I start slowing down a little bit. And it slows down right with me. Now, granted, this is in rush hour. This is... Where where I'm at, there are some fairly large chemical plants and industries and things like that in downtown here. So where I'm at is is a very busy place, especially during rush hour. 
So it's not going to just slow down right behind me. It's going to want to stay with the flow of traffic. So then I speed up and start go dodging and weaving in and out of traffic. This person is right on my butt, on my tail the whole time. So I'm like, this person's obviously following me. I went around the town a little bit, doing all sorts of areas, kept seeing the car all over the place. So I pulled into this one gas station. I saw a buddy that I knew who's a, who's a bit of a local. He stays up in that area, drives a relatively large truck. And I, I just walked out and I talked to him. I said, hey, you know, um, I'm not going to give his name. We're going to call him Gregory. I said, hey, Gregory, uh, I think this person's following me. It's, it's a bit strange. I keep seeing him. When I pull out, can you just pull right up in front of him or right behind him and make sure they're not going to pull out? He, has a, he had a big bumper on the truck, so what's the worst that can happen? And he, he agreed to it. So just to test my theory, I pulled into the gas station, talked to him for a minute, didn't get gas or anything. The same car had pulled in about two, three pumps net over. And then I went to pull out. Guess whose lights turned on? Their lights turned on. And they went to back up. Well, he just gets right behind them, and they had to stop. That's when I waved at him. I gave him the old wave, and then I gave him the old finger. That's how you know that you're going to burn them. If they're doing stuff like that, they're going to burn them. One thing you can do is, is take four left turns or four right turns. Go in an area that you know goes in a, a, a bit of a circle, a bit of a loop, and go all the way around. If they're still following you, it's pretty obvious that, you, that someone's following you. Uh, if it's a PI, usually they're going to use some some shadier tactics. Not usually. They want to, they do want to keep their license, but they're not under all the same limitations the feds were. Although feds do have a more unlimited way of doing things. So, a lot of times you're not going to be able to tell if it's a PI or not, but you can you can always go ahead and hire somebody like another PI to find out if you're being followed, and they'll be able to tell. Uh, bug sweepers are great. Ask to just bug sweep bug sweep your property if you have like private property, you know, and you have fences outside, or you live in maybe a, a mobile home park or anything like that. And you're seeing anything strange or you live in a neighborhood, just ask neighbors, hey, have you seen anything strange lately? Any cars that you don't usually see? Just ask around, and if you do notice anything, just talk to them, go up and ask. Uh, if it's an agent, if it's a fed, and you suspect that it's a fed or a cop or a, uh, a detective, just walk up and say, hey, can I see your badge? Or hey, can I see the paperwork you have to investigate me? And a lot of times, you might get an answer. I don't know if it's gonna work, but that's the best advice I could give you. On that from personal experience I, I've been followed several times I don't know why if you're listening to this please contact me why but you know that's from personal experience that's what I would do I would just walk up to the, the person that you suspect and ask them I mean what's the worst that can happen and unless they just arrest you which is probably gonna happen anyway if if that's if they arrest you when you go to talk to them, it was probably going to happen anyway. So that's the best advice I could give to you on that, though. If I come up with anything better, I'll be sure to mention you maybe in the next video or in another video. Um, LarryZ01 asks, where's Waldo? Uh, he is hiding from the CIA after some shady events in 1994. That's, that's my best guess. Um, let's see, Texas, Texas Fox 666 underscore asks, why do you have a cheap-ass keyboard? Well, I'll tell you, because it was cheap. I am, I'm a, I'm a bit of a penny pincher. I don't like spending a lot of money unnecessarily. I literally, I have two ThinkPads because they were cheap 
and durable and they work and they do what I need them to. One that boots Windows, one that boots Ubuntu. I have a T430S and an X230. I, they do exactly what I need them to. They have already good keyboards on them and when I want to put it on the docking station, I just picked up a Bluetooth slash USB wireless keyboard and I like the portability of it. I like the fact that I can just easily slip it in my bag when I have to go because I don't always just sit here. And that at the time was the best option. It was it was durable. It's been very durable. It was cheap. I can get brand new batteries for it at any local store, any dollar store or gas station or Walmart or Kmart or wherever. So it, it just worked, and it's just a keyboard I've stuck with. I actually, me and my wife recently got a, a Razer kit. We've been building a, a PC to play with some VR stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm probably going to swap to that keyboard. But in the time being, that's just what I've had. I've had some other keyboards, but this one just kind of works. If any of you want to send me a better keyboard, that'd be nice. I'm looking for an IBM Model M, but I, I doubt I doubt anybody will send that to me. But, you know, that's, that's why I have... that's that's why I have the cheap ass keyboard it's just it works it's functional it does everything I need it to do plus more so and if it breaks or I'm sitting at my desk and my cat knocks over my drink and it pours all over my keyboard I'm not super worried that oh my god my 150 200 300 whatever keyboard just broke or just got water in it and I have to go clean everything out I'm like oh my, 15, my keyboard that I found on clearance at Walmart for $15 just because the box was damaged is broken. I will just order a new one or buy a new one for cheap. I'm not worried. So that's why I, I use some cheaper equipment. Some things I don't cheap out on, but that I, I cheaped out on. I ain't going to lie. And I'm kind of suffering for it because I got nerve damage in my wrists and I really need a wrist rest. But I need to get one of those soon. That's it's on the that's on the bucket list here. But um, yes, yeah, so that's another lesson to you. Do not type with your wrists bear down on something. It does cause nerve damage. I found that out the hard way. So, but yeah, that's why I have a cheap ass keyboard. I just I don't feel like spending a lot of money. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up here, and we're gonna get back to the main show. So hopefully you guys are ready for the main show. And here we go. Okay, so the part that I told you is coming where I give you personal tips and tricks that I use every day in OSINT, pretty much religiously. I could probably start a religion off of my habitual nature, but this is the things that works for me, things I do every day, things that help, things that really will make your investigations go much smoother than just doing crap on paper So, or just writing it down or however you're doing it now, this is what works for me. If it doesn't work for you, it's not for you. If it's not for you, then oh well. But this is what works for me. We're gonna be keeping it all organized. The first thing you should always do. I actually went out and got one of those boogie board things that you can take notes on really quick. Take a picture, save it as notes. But it's taking notes. Take notes. Everything you do, just quick notes. Keep a notepad. Keep a boogie board. Keep a, if you have a tablet, maybe you have like a tablet or some sort of S Pen or Apple Pencil deal or whatever, just take notes. It can't hurt to take notes because at the end of your, your investigation, you're definitely going to want to be taking notes. But yes, taking notes 
is very, 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 very important. Another tool that I always recommend everybody use in this industry. I've seen a lot of skip tracers use them. I've seen some people completely diss them and then later on they get confused and they can't they wonder why they're being confused all the time because they're a they're not taking notes and b they're not using a whiteboard i know that's crazy it works for me it doesn't work for some people but i've seen it help people that it doesn't work for so that's why it's one of the things that i recommend everyone use is just get a whiteboard all you have to do you can go to walmart they have them for twenty dollars order just get a dry erase board get you a pack of markers and an eraser and just use the whiteboard write everything down what i like to do is i like to on one side of the whiteboard all the way on the left i will write the information i do have the important information i do have somewhat small all the way on the other side i will draw a circle and i'll leave it blank and then above the circle i'll write whatever piece of information i'm looking for in the middle I will begin to take apart that brief information that I have, dissecting it, writing everything out. I reckon you can consider that part of your notes. But I start dissecting everything, taking everything apart, um, like we talked about earlier, maybe taking an email apart or, or anything like that, pulling it all apart, and then trying to piece it together and build yourself a bit of a timeline or a set or a, a web of information and then connect it to whatever you're trying to get and usually for me i'm looking for a current address so x over there in that little circle will be current address but it could be anything if maybe if you're looking for a phone number or looking for some dirt or anything like that you're that's that's one good way you can do that it's just go get a dry erase board come up with a method that works for you and then just write it out as you're investigating write it out it's always good to show your work, to, to be able to show your work. I, I always ignored that when I was in school. The math teacher always asked me to show my work, and like an idiot, I didn't because maybe I was cheating on some of it. I ain't going to lie. Um, who hasn't, though, right? Uh, but anyway, I would just show your work. Just write everything down, show your work, because when you go to on to this next part that I'm going to talk about, documenting everything and writing a report when you go to write that report what are you going to pull from oh i don't know because i don't remember how i got here if you don't know how you got there you can't write the report but let's get on to that part documenting everything the first part of documenting everything is just writing the report there are tons and tons and tons of free sources online you can find for osint reports but the point is i recommend you make your own because what may work for some people may not work for you what I, what I did is I just made a, a PDF template or, or a, a Docs template or a Word template. I, th I think I use Google Docs. But I made a Google Docs template and a Word template where I can just, at the top, I have all the information I was given from the client that says information provided from client. And then under it, I have information found. I have a summary. I have a current address, current name, because a lot of times their name changes, and then under that I start adding more information. Then, as I add more information, I'm going to include maybe Facebook, uh, their Twitter, their this, their that, their whatever, then I'll include their vehicles, then I'm going to include their closest relatives, things like that. Uh, maybe if I find hobbies, I'll include that. 
under that, then I include a more detailed summary where I'm writing everything out in detail, in detail but briefly. You don't want to go on some long tangent about how I found everything. Now, that's where I can paste over some of my notes. I can maybe take a picture of my notes and write them down, what I was doing, attach them and, and say in the report, um, notes attached. Or I can say... Uh, image of map attached. And when I say image of map, I mean an image of the big map I drew on my whiteboard to connect everything together. So that way they can look at the report and then they can look at my notes and they're going to be like, well, what did he mean by this? And then they look at the report. Oh, that's what he means by this. Okay, so they can match everything in the notes. They can understand where I'm coming from. But if they just they just want the piece of information I got, they don't even have to read it, but it's there. So if I have to show up, in front of a judge to prove something or or anything like that I have it all documented how I did it and what way I did it so that way they don't they don't freak out and just think that I've been stalking this person or breaking the law I can show them this is how I did it this is how I found this person and and I have all of my notes documented I've snapshotted all of my virtual machines I have it all saved right here and this is how I did it so that's very important. That's a, those are some methods that I use all the time. You have to give details, but also don't give so many details that it seems boring to the client. That's why I added a summary at the top, and then under it I give the long, boring details. So that way that's for the judge or whoever I might end up in a lawsuit for. But that's, that's just to prove everything for the just-in-case. But when you're conducting these things, especially if you're in any sort of legal area, it's good to document everything you do. Everything. Document it. And then at the top of the report, you can give your summary for your client to read. That's going to wrap this show up. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Please feel free to just give a listen. Uh, if you have any questions or would have done something differently or would like to share anything with this wonderful community that I'm trying to build here, please just send me a message on any one of my platforms. You can always go to my website, cybersector7.com. That's the word cyber, the word sector, and then the number 7.com. You can always go there. I have every hosting service that hosts this podcast there and all my social media you can contact me or you can always email me you can find that on my website too i hope you guys are having a great day stay tuned till next week because i got some crazy stuff for you next week